My name is Victor Kubik, President of the United Church of God. Welcome to another edition of Inside United. It's a place where we talk to a lot of interesting people in the United Church of God and people that we cross paths with. And we have one of those people here with us today. Her name is Catherine Rowland. Welcome. Thank you. I have known Catherine for 23 years, and she is the ABC Ambassador Bible College Librarian. She's been an author of a number of books, at least three that I know of. She's great at repairing books. I mean, she can do anything with a book. She's just really <laughs> into books. But we're not going to be talking about her books and her library experience today. She is the director of the Cincinnati East Church Choir. And I've also directed the festival choirs for four years. I've been a choir director, too, for Minneapolis for three years and know a little bit about that, but not probably to the extent that uh, Catherine has. My high point was directing the Hallelujah Chorus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was my high point before I went on to other things. But anyway, what we want to talk about today is how to make this music experience not something that is just for yourself, but how to mentor people in the resources, the human resources that you have in your own choir or in your own grouping of people and uh, bringing them to the fore to where there's a continuation of that music because it's, music just doesn't happen. There's a lot of work involved. So <laughs> tell us what you think is very important to have the whole idea and the process of music live and continue in a church. So I do not have a great deal of formal musical training. Um, I learned how to read music when I was young because my mother was musical. That was where I learned to sing. But as far as actually like going to school, getting academic training, I have a few years of middle school band uh, and three years of piano lessons as an adult, which is not a lot. So the one thing I had was I have sung in church choirs for wow, 30-some years for a long time. And I've always loved music. I loved singing. And I got so excited the day that I found out, oh, you know, when, when you sing, when you sing in church, that can be an offering to God. That was amazing. So I would never have dreamed when I was younger that I would be directing a choir, that I would be helping others to learn. So I think what I learned was sometimes that academic training is helpful. I'm trying to fill in the gaps in my own knowledge now, but that that willingness to learn and the willingness to teach. My mentor has been our local pastor, Steve Myers, who initially asked me to direct the choir. And he's been invaluable because he has the training I don't have. And he's been very willing to help me and to guide me. And, you know, when I come in and say, I don't know how to do this, I don't know what this should look like. Um, and that's allowed me to then turn around and pass that on to younger people, because I find a lot of times now when I'm talking to a choir, when I'm looking for people to come in and sing with us, what I'm saying is what I heard for 30 years in choirs mm -hmm. when I was singing. Well, one thing too, at the risk of sounding sexist, <laughs> <laughs> you're a lady. Uh, has it been a greater challenge in your role to not only to direct, but also to continue the the whole program being a woman? I mean, I think sometimes it's something that, that I consider um, just because I, it's, it's less common in, in our context for a woman to, to be a director. But I think it's something that, that should be open to everyone. And I found a lot of support and it hasn't seemed to make 
a difference. Um, I think it's a good reflection of our church, of our culture, of our music programs that, you know, women sing, women serve, women, you know, make the church community as much as our men do. And, you know, in this area, it's not really been something that's that's been an issue. I think we're past the point of, you know, you're being blocked uh, from yeah. being able to not only direct, but also to mm-hmm. manage a program. That's been great. Uh, first of all, a church without music coming to being a church with music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the progression there from soloists to ensembles to choirs. Um, is there a plan that you have? One of the things that I uh, try to bear in mind is something that I learned from another director, which is, you know, when he talked about, you know, when you're thinking about music and within the church context, it's not just another performance. You know, when you present music within the context of the church, um, you're representing um, the congregation. You're lifting and offering a praise to God um, on behalf of your brothers and sisters. You want all kinds of music to reflect the people that you are serving. Um, So that can be done everywhere from solos all the way up to choirs, to instrumental things that there's, in my mind, there's not, oh, there's this this one pinnacle of musical effort, and that should be what we go for. Um, What you want, I mean, especially, you know, I've, I've been a festival choir director now for a few years. I've been a music coordinator at three feast sites. And one of the things that we're encouraged to do is to have variety, to have duets, have solos, have the choir, have ensembles. You know, you want to reflect as much as you can, as many of the tastes and interests of your congregation, because everybody praises in a different way. What are some bits of advice that you could give to somebody who is a rising star? (laughs) (laughs) I would say if you're somebody who's looking to learn how to do something, you're looking to improve, whether that's in music or in using the library or whatever it might be, the first thing that that you should do is to to start where you are, but also be looking for opportunities to learn. You know, and and sometimes mentoring is a very formal process. You know, when Mr. Myers made me the choir director and then I would go to him for advice, that's a much more formal you know, relationship. But all those choir directors, all those years, were giving me little tidbits of information. This is how you stand. This is how you hold your music. And they weren't, you know, mentoring me. We don't have this continuing relationship. But they were giving me point of need instruction, um, which is something we talk a lot about in the library sphere is, you know, when somebody has a question, instead of just saying, oh, the books about this are over here, but saying, how would you know? How would you look Mm -hmm. at that? And giving those little pieces of information. So I think to be a good mentee, you need to be a good listener. You need mm-hmm. to be willing to learn and and eager to make yourself better. Mm-hmm. You know, let me tell you a little story, okay? <laughs> if I could take, because I wanted to be a choir director. Mm-hmm. I was not much of a singer, still to this day. I'm not, I'm not a singer, but I know music. I, I play the piano. And I was in Minneapolis, and the pastor there asked me if I could start a choir. We had plenty of people. We had four mm-hmm. or 500 people. You could certainly find people. <laughs> he wanted me to start with 16 people, four for each part. You know? And so I f- found a friend in Milwaukee. His name was Peter Oaks. And he was a big band director, you know, and he was uh, the fest- festival choir director. And he invited th- th- this was something that really helped me. He invited me to Milwaukee for the Sabbath. <clears throat> and 
he actually had me lead that choir, which oh. was a long-standing <laughs> choir. And I know I knew how to lead because I was a song leader, you know, for many years. I know three, four, 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 all that, all, all that kind of stuff. But I know that he had me up there. This was in a band room or wherever we were practicing. And he showed me certain techniques, and he made me feel like I could do anything. <laughs> but to me, that was so, so great. And, of course, you know, I was choir director for three or four years before mm-hmm. I was transferred and then didn't really do too much with choir after that because of my types of assignments. <laughs> but I do know that it took somebody who believes in you, yeah. you know, and and not just, you know, blindly, but somebody mm-hmm. who sees that you can do it and says, you can do it, you can do yeah. it, you know, and he really made me break loose of inhibitions in that in those sessions that we had. I think I think that's a super important point. If you're somebody who is in a position, any kind of position where you are leading others, um, one of the things that I believe very passionately in is that, you know, you sh- you shouldn't just be in a position so that you can be in that position. Like you should be trying to teach others and help others. So one of the things I've gotten to do and and I've had to do because of the size of our choir and um, our schedule is I, I had to bring on some assistant directors because I was swamped and. I needed help. Initially, I brought on a couple of people that I knew, okay, they they kind of know what they're doing, and uh, I didn't have to think too much about it. And then as time has gone on, I've worked with Mr. Myers to start bringing on people who are very new to directing you. Maybe they know a little bit about it, but they've never had the opportunity. Then maybe they've studied music, but they've never directed. And so every year, I right now, I bring on somebody who's brand new. And then that first year, I try to teach them. And then the second year, they kind of become more, more my right-hand person. And then I bring on somebody new. And what I love about it is you know, our choir is really great about, you know, it connected with me when you talked about a longstanding choir, because our choir is is um, so positive, so enthusiastic. And so when I bring on these new people, it's nice to be able to, to bring people along in an environment where everybody believes in them and, and people are eager for them to learn and to grow. I think it gives them a lot more freedom to not feel like Everybody's going to be angry if if mm-hmm. if I mess up, if I make a mistake, and and again, that's that's, I think in a sense, me passing on what was given to me as a mentor. You have to believe in the people that are in front of you. You can't you can't look at them and wish that they were different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's true for a choir too that you have to love the choir that you have, mm-hmm. um, love the resources that you have, and and your job as, as the director or as the coordinator is to figure out how to make them the best they can mm-hmm. be, not to just stand there and, and wish that they were different. Mm-hmm. Now, I know one more thing in, in uh, being able to develop a program is the kind of music that you have. I, I feel that's a, that's a big thing. I know when when I started, mm-hmm. we sang the old anthems, you yes. know, God of Our Fathers, <laughs> you know, and and you know they kind of worked ourselves mm-hmm. up around music from the 1890s, yeah. <laughs> 1900s. We finally had a real modern one, something from Fiddler on the Roof, the Sabbath, <laughs> Sabbath Prayer, I believe, you know, and, and that was almost a big deal, you know. But I know that uh, by tossing in new things in a tasteful way really brought out a certain 
excitement from people to know that they could do contemporary mm -hmm. things and contemporary harmonies and so yeah. forth. <laughs> what, uh, Catherine, how do you choose your music? Or do you choose it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what I have come to is I don't have all knowledge of all music in my head. I'm a big anthem girl myself, but more modern, like with lots of you know brass and big loud noises. So I know I'm prone to picking the same kinds of music. So what I do is every year I get everybody who helps me. So our accompanists, our music secretary, my assistant directors, and we put together a huge list. This year, I think we had like 50 different songs that people wow. had thought maybe maybe this would be one we could do. Um, so we look, you know, are these suitable for a specific holy day? Do we have, is everything old? You know, is everything from before 1975? Is everything new? And, and if it is, then we toss something out and we pull something else off the list. Because I think it is important to have a variety. Um, the things that make me super excited, other people are kind of sitting there yawning like, oh, do we have to do this one again? And so I think it has brought freshness and it it helps us to look at music in a different way and to think, oh, I hadn't thought about that viewpoint. I hadn't mm -hmm. thought about this piece. So I think getting, getting a multitude of counsel and all of us coming together and talking about why we liked this piece or what we thought this would bring to our choir, because we're also trying to think you know, how can we how can we help our choir to stretch? Mm -hmm. Now, one thing, Catherine, I was <clears throat> don't have this on the list here to talk about, but I will mention <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it. But we traveled overseas one time. Yes. You know, and went to Ukraine. Yes. When visited churches over there, and you performed. I mean, you sang <laughs> solo there, and you heard them sing with their ensembles and groups. Mm -hmm. They sang with a lot of gusto. There was a lot more music in their mm -hmm. service. Any comments about what? Uh, we experienced? One thing that leaps to mind is that, that music can, in many ways, cross boundaries. That even though I didn't understand most of the Ukrainian and they didn't understand most of the English words that I knew, that we could still, there was still some element of that experience that we could share. Well, one thing about, you know, like I said, you didn't know too much of their language, although no. I, was <laughs> I was amazed as to what words you did know and you knew the alphabet. But we sang songs that really brought us together in one spirit. Mm -hmm. And some of them were actually songs that we sang. They yeah. just had Ukrainian words. <laughs> yes. And then we kind of gave each other a very knowing look <laughs> as we sang as the deer, yes, you yes. Know, which is one of, their, one of their most popular songs. And we mm -hmm. sang it. There were other songs as well. Yeah. You know, the music is praise and it's, you know, such a biblical thing. It, you know, the words to some of what we sing were written so many years ago by David, by this other psalmist. And we can still sing them and we can still praise God. And it's still a wonderful thing for him to hear and a blessing to his people. And it really enriches the whole worship experience. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, we had the Feast of Tabernacles. I had a sermon about going to the mountain oh, yes. <laughs> of the Lord. And we had our choir director, mm -hmm. you know, or what, another choir director from yeah. East Cincinnati East Church. And, you know, he wrote a song about yeah. going to the mountain. And I really felt that enhanced our worship of mm -hmm. God on that day. It enhanced our understanding even of, of uh, the greatness of the kingdom mm -hmm. of God. Well, in music, um, one of the wonderful things about music is that it helps you to remember things. I and mean, that's, you know, the alphabet. We set it to mm -hmm. music so you can remember A, B, C. And um, it's the same way with um, passages of scripture. It's a favorite of mine when a song is lifted directly from scripture because now, okay, I'll always have that in mind because as soon as I, as soon as I think of the words, as soon as I hear that music, it's, it's right there. And you just remember words, you remember concepts better and differently when you 
listen to it or sing it with music. Right. And the, some of the other music that was sung at the Feast of Tabernacles, I loved it so much that I went to Amazon and bought it. <laughs> The ninety-nine cent or dollar twenty-nine version of the song. <laughs> I've been listening to it to the point of where it's just buzzing in my ear <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but it does something to you psychologically, lifts you up, mm-hmm. and uh, give. If I didn't have that music, it would just be a void. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I talk all the time. Uh, so my husband likes to joke that really singing is just me talking some more. But it, <laughs> he does. Be careful what you say. <laughs> just, you know. um, but, it, you know, it is. It's beautiful. And it, it's a different way of expressing, sometimes a different way of praying. Catherine, as a pastor, I want to tell you something. Here. Oh, no. <laughs> this is, we had teenagers in our church, you know, mm-hmm. 13 years old, even some before teens, 11, 12 years old, and they learned how to play the piano. Mm-hmm. And so we had them actually do accompanying songs on the piano. And one was a young girl that we knew very well, the whole family. And then after a couple of years, she was winning talent contests <laughs> because, you know, she was part of the worship service, but also she developed those talents. And this past year, her parents celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. She wrote a special song, I think, for them, and she played it. And this oh, was wow. in Austin, Texas. She was able to, in a way, communicate with a congregation mm-hmm. through her music, through her vocal and her accompanying mm-hmm. skills. Well, and that was, you know, like I said, just the, when I, I was, I was very young when I heard somebody say, you know, that music, that singing could be an offering to the Lord. And that was, that was huge for me because I didn't feel like I had much to give. I didn't feel like I had a lot to offer, but I'm loud. So <laughs> <laughs> finding out that something I naturally did could also be of service that, um, and I think, you know, for women, especially music, you know, as a mom, I sang lullabies. I sang to my kids. I sang instructional songs. And um, to me, in some ways, the the church music is the same way that we still are singing instructional songs and we're um, praising God and and in some ways teaching other people to to praise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it's an amazing responsibility. Yeah, and we were told to admonish one another in songs. You know, <laughs> depart from evil, yes. <laughs> do what is good. If yes. we can sing it, you don't have to say it. It's, it's less, <laughs> less offensive through music. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could tell things in music, like about love mm-hmm. and even correction, mm-hmm. that you just really couldn't just by saying mm-hmm. the words to somebody else or to a group. And, you know, I've been in services before where you know, maybe something bad happened, something really bad, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I maybe you can't even pray about it because you're so upset, you don't even know what to say. And then somebody can get up and they can sing and you think that that is exactly how I feel. And so sometimes that music and and that song is giving somebody else the opportunity to, to, to have the words to to know that they're not alone. And I think that kind of comes back to that whole idea that we need a variety of music. We need happy songs. We need celebration songs. We need songs that are sometimes sad because everybody's in a different place. When they when they come in our doors to church and they're sitting there, this has been the best week in the world for somebody, and it has been the worst week in the world for somebody else. And, you know, so I, I think that allows me also to remember to have grace. Like maybe somebody gets up and they sing or they play a song, and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I didn't... I didn't like that one as much. It mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite. It wasn't. I don't like that style. But for somebody else, 
maybe they needed that song and it was right there for them when they needed it. And mm-hmm. just because it's not my favorite or just because it doesn't speak to me doesn't mean it can't speak to somebody. Well, that's the wonder of music. Yes. That's the, the flexibility <laughs> of music within any culture. Mm-hmm. Catherine, it's been wonderful talking to you here today. Do you have anything else you'd like to? Oh, I don't know. It's been so fun. I really appreciate being asked to come and talk to you. But Catherine has been just a really wonderful friend, and she's been a mentor to me, very knowledgeable, and she's always, and she is really a valuable servant here in this area. Thank you. Well, it's been wonderful having you here. Thank you for joining us on Inside United. You can find us on the UCG website, ucg.org. Just go to the main menu bar, and you can just click on podcast. You can go and get your favorite app from your Apple or your Android store. You can write to us at podcast.ucg.org. Let us know what you think of what you had heard here today. So thank you for joining us. Come back again soon for more. This is a production of the United Church of God. For more, visit ucg.org.